the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. I have to tell you, being in uh, Chicago makes you appreciate everywhere else. But the reality is when you realize how much people in these Democrat areas are propagandized, it's astonishing to me. Outside of places that have to have CNN on, like airports and whatnot, and other places that are bribed, they have zero news. They have morons and failures and scumbags and lowlifes like Adam Kinzinger on, among other notable half-ass Republicans, like the one that used to be behind this microphone. But what they have is, a, is an, an open and notorious avoidance of information. You see the rest of the world not only is laughing at us, but they're kicking our ass. That fat guy, the only fat guy in North Korea, he's threatening nuclear weapons again. You've got Rutin Tutin Putin kicking the dung out of Ukraine. And why not? Half of the weapons we sent, they're missing. They sold them. They stole the money. And in this great big group of failure called our government, in every aspect, foreign and domestic, massive failure, you're being told that everything is rosy. And when you log on to information sites, whether it's CNN, this particular poll is from Mediate, which is a paper that should be, I don't think it's, it's not a paper, it's an internet site, but if it was a paper, you could print it on Charmin, because that's what it's good for, it's toilet paper. They took a poll, they say, of 910 people, Americans, in a country of 332 million that we say are here. We ignore the other 40 million illegal aliens. We ignore it. And they're, they're predicting that Joe Biden could win another election. I don't think he's going to stay alive. And I'm not just saying that because it's obvious. And yes, it's funny. And it's a fantastic Friday. I'm saying it because he's dying in front of our eyes. In addition, this Inflation Reduction Act cracks down on super wealthy tax cheats. My Republican friends have spent years cutting the number of IRS agents. The people audit the super wealthy. It's very, you know, when you when you make 200 million bucks. You know what? You can tell I played the clip from last month, right? Because he doesn't sound like that now. These commitments, these commitments are a promising step, but we have a lot more work to do together. Realizing the promise of AI. That's, that's right before our eyes. He's dying right before our eyes. By managing the risk, it's going to require some new laws, regulations, and oversight. Now, if they do have AI, can somebody please get AI to do his speeches from now on? Because they're pathetic to watch. He doesn't say anything of any importance. Artificial intelligence or it promises uh, an enormous, enormous promise of both risk to our society and our economy and our national security, but also incredible opportunities. He sounds great. Really sounds great. I'm hoping that they substitute Jimmy Carter for him. In the meantime, the number two is out there. 
So you've got corrupt and stupid making a tour to shore up support. And when you hear what she says, it's preposterous. When you're a role model, people watch what you do to see if it matches what you say. Boy, oh boy, I hope no young girls are watching this office tramp, because if they figure out what she did to get where she was, it won't matter what she says. So understand the impact that this is happening, having not only for the children of Florida and our nation, but potentially people around the world. Now, in Florida, she's laughed at and revere. I mean, she's she, she sworn. It's, it's, it's pathetic to watch what happens. It's embarrassing to watch the, the cavalcade of security on her way to this very strong Democrat hold. But when she got there, there was about 65 people, vice president, Speaking, 65 people. And when you hear the content of her speech, it's no wonder. You see, the rest of the world isn't buying what they're selling. It's only these Democrat strongholds, the ones who are so loyal. It doesn't matter what information. It doesn't matter what failure. It doesn't matter what false prediction. They will vote this way because they're being bribed. Their sustenance is from this corrupt government. We are imperfect. And we must be honest about that to understand then our history, where we've been, and then have a North Star in terms of where we must go. So it's, it's within the context of that ridiculous nonsense that they're putting a virtue shield around these, these, these intentions, these utopian promises, this mission of healing Mother Earth and all the rest of it, that their bureaucracies are truly the Fourth Reich. And that can never be displayed more than somebody who is in a bureaucracy that was never intended to have the kind of power it is wielding and controlling economic policy and all the rest of it. And how did he get the job? The same way Kamala Harris did, for the same skill set. To be brief, we, we have five major priorities at, at the Department of Transportation. Safety, which is the reason the DOT exists. Uh, economic development, equity, climate. And- whoa, 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 whoa. The Transportation Department? The fracking transportation, which was originally created to shake down and extort truckers. You didn't do anything. And in four years, one president built the entire interstate system. So we didn't need you since then. But here you sit and all of a sudden you have how many powers? To be brief, we we have five major priorities at at the Department of Transportation. Safety, which is the reason the DOT exists. Uh, Economic development, equity, climate, and innovation. And I always have a bit of an asterisk on the fifth. Equity. Climate and innovation. So the transportation, let me just get this straight. The transportation department has climate as one of its main missions? Actually, because innovation is the one out of those five that's actually not uh, a goal in itself. It exists only in furtherance of the other four. In other words, our approach on innovation is we care about it to the extent that it helps us with safety, economic growth, climate, and equity. The amount of money that the transportation department has cost this country is unquantifiable. You can never figure out how many companies went out of business because of the extortion fees, how many regulations are just to extort money from every single person, and the real ramifications of this department is in the trillions upon trillions of dollars. And they are starting to lose excitement. It turns out 17% of Americans even want the transportation department. It's like the FBI, which is real close to it. And how do they wield this kind of power? Well, they wield it because of 
the ability of us, right? We're the ones that allow this. Well, if only 17% of us want the transportation department to have this kind of power, how does it stay in existence? And the answer is fear. Fear is how it stays in existence. It's hard to capture the astonishment that the uh, experts in in the science of ice felt when they saw this uh, minimum in 2005, which meant that uh, the amount of ice that had melted, it's been roughly the size of the continental United States, minus an area roughly the size of Arizona, nothing against Arizona. (laughs) But the amount that melted in 2005 was equivalent to an area covering everything east of the Mississippi. Now, peddling this garbage, Al Gore has made hundreds of millions of dollars peddling this garbage. The goal for John Kerry, the goal for Pete Buttigieg, the goal for Biden and the, and the government isn't specifically just money. It's absolute and total power. The problem they have, facts are not on their side. You see, Al Gore was making that speech in 2009. He was dead wrong, like he was in, tw- in 1999, like John Kerry is today. But there was a, an event that happened only four days ago on the congressional floor that never made it on CNN. It didn't even make it on Fox News. And it's something uh, you should be aware of. It's a congressman undressing, in the kindest of way, the tree from the Wizard of Oz calling himself John Kerry. As a matter of fact, not, we're in not the, one people, of the lowest not, not human beings walking around. We're in no. one of the lowest periods of carbon in the atmosphere in not only recorded history, in the history of life existing on the planet. Now, I said, you said you didn't know, but since 2015, since the last El Nino, about 500 billion tons have been, have been emitted into the atmosphere. During that same period of time, 2015, if you look at the temperature graph, this is from NOAA. The temperature has gone down. Show the next slide. This is from NASA satellite data. Temperature has gone down. You want to have the uh, have uh, the American taxpayers, my constituents that are having a hard time afford their groceries, pay for a car, buy a new home, spend one point six quadrillion dollars to fix a problem that a doesn't exist. And as a matter of fact, you might be exacerbating because it's unknown. Why do you think 195 countries in the world, their prime ministers, their president, because they're grifting like you are, sir. See, that's important. That's a representative. That's who watches the watchers. And he's telling the bureaucracy, you are grifting. And so are the other scallywag third world despotic hellholes around the around the world. But they're losing confidence in the American people. And this is a good thing. So this weekend, as you're inundated with propaganda and you're told Joe Biden would easily win. Remember who they're talking to. Morons. Democrats. And willful, ignorant slaves. But among everybody, they're starting to see the scandal. This is a financial channel, and this is Charles Payne. And up until about two years ago, Charles Payne was kind of on the fence about this eco-Nazism. Well, now I think he's kind of opened his eyes. All year long, I've been seeing headlines about unions pushing back against EVs, right? The dreams of the Biden administration. And I'm starting to hope maybe this will be the line of sanity, folks. Maybe this will slow them down, because I think it's going to be the greatest economic boondoggle in American history. Yep. Cylindra, all the other stuff, a proverbial drop in the bucket. Right now, EV sales are being lifted by these massive subsidies, but there are so many of them being built. They're piling up. In fact, supply is up 350%. And some just aren't selling. The Genesis, uh, they've got one that sold 18 electric whips. 18! Even Tesla, their whole market share, but they've been slashing prices like crazy. Now, the only way to meet the outrageous targets that they want is to make it a pain in the gas 
to drive an internal combustion engine car. The administration has such plans on the board, folks. The EPA is going to change tailpipe rules. There's all kinds of other gimmicks. It's going to force you to just ditch your gas-powered car. In the end, uh, there's going to be mountains of unsold uh, cars. I don't know what we're going to do with the lithium batteries. We're going to strip mine the entire planet. The economy, uh, the economic toll will be crazy. Again, remember, mark my words, the worst economic boondoggle ever. We've got scandal after scandal of the predictions made by the wizards of misinformation, the Democrats, the fascists among us. One of my favorite is Al Gore. You know, it's not the moment when he hugged that linebacker, called his wife. It's or when he got caught on the table trying to get his chakra aligned. It's when he predicted the North Pole would run out of ice. And these are figures uh, that are fresh. I don't know if they've been, uh, I don't know when they were released, but I just got them yesterday. From, uh, from uh, Dr. Vashlav Maslowski at the Naval Postgraduate School. And this is the volumetric. Oh, that's supposed to be scientist. He's a scientist. Tell me more, scientist. Record of the ice. And uh, some of the models suggest to Dr. Maslowski that there is a 75% chance that the entire North Polar Ice Cap during summer, during some of the summer months could be completely ice-free within the next five to seven years. So that was, that was 2009. And then here's something that happened about 27 months ago. This is compliments of, you know, Noah. In Climate Watch, one of Greenland's most observed glaciers shocked scientists recently. According to NASA, it has gained ice, despite being the world's fastest melting glacier. Uh oh! How did that happen? So it's the fastest melting and it gained ice? Now here's the swindle. It's believed to be one of the largest contributors to ocean sea levels over the last 20 years, but this, the fact that it's gaining ice, is not necessarily good news. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you said, didn't you just say we're losing ice? It's going to be terrible and the the oceans are rising and crazy. How's that work? Hey, hey, Swindler, how's that work? So joining me now with more on what this all means is CBS News contributing meteorologist Jeff Berardelli. Okay, Jeff, here we have an ice a glacier that everyone's watching. It's melting, 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 but now it seems Mm -hmm. to be gaining. Just explain to me what's happening because this seems like the opposite of climate change. It is, and they're lying. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. See, in the real world, in any business, if anybody was half as wrong as these political whores have been, you'd never listen to a word that ever came out of their mouth again. But we were told about What would happen if we didn't pay attention ourselves and relied on so-called professionals? Am I the only one that remembers Carl Sagan? And this combustible mixture of ignorance and power, sooner or later, is going to blow up in our faces. I mean, who is running the science and technology in a democracy if the people don't know anything about it? And the second reason that I'm, I'm worried about this is that science is more than a body of knowledge. It's a way of thinking, a way of skeptically interrogating the universe with a fine understanding of human fallibility. If, if we 
are not able to ask skeptical questions, to interrogate those who tell us mm -hmm. that something is true, to be skeptical of those in authority, then we're up for grabs. Then we're slaves. And who is the, uh, the slave master? And take a look, because, you know, there are a lot of teachers here, I think, so I'm going to tell you, you know, one of the things I love is Venn diagrams. Any math teachers Oh, here? God. I love Venn diagrams. What are you an expert in? If I want to know how to cover up an unexplained hickey on my pelvis, I'll ask you. Until then, shut your mouth, moron. Susan, West Chicago. Hey, Sean, I wondered if you noticed that when the planes were, there was a problem with the airplanes, Pete Budigagny happened to Ooh. say. Ooh, Susan, that was what? quite vulgar for your age, but go ahead, I enjoyed it. Budigag me? It's yeah. just, you know. What All right, you know. no, I enjoyed it. Easy now. Yeah. Okay, but he said the one thing you can't control is the weather. <laughs> this is the guy that's got climate on his list of stuff to do. Yeah, well, you, I, you can raise a lot of money by pretending you can, you're working on it, <laughs> and no one seems to question it. But by the way, that might be one of my favorite moments on a Friday. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. I ever tell you about my shirt? Said, Never mind. It's not good. That's terrible. In the meantime, what happens to all this green energy boondoggle nonsense? There's another scandal happening in Europe. You do remember that Germany almost froze to death, and uh, they, they, they almost committed national suicide with their eco-Nazism. Uh, there seems to be a little scandal afoot. I'm coming through here because I've been told that there are old turbine blades that have been just dumped here. Here they are. This is renewable energy, by the way. Remember that word, renewable? Uh, there's, there's, there's nothing much renewable about these things. Hundreds they, they... of these monster blades that the people spend $3 million for one of their phony, phony windmills that kills nothing but wildlife and makes noise and often fails and gets set on fire. And you know what you can do when they're done, when they don't work, and they've never generated $1 of profit? You lay them on the ground. These are old turbine blades, quite short ones, actually. I mean, they look big, but they're some of the early 20 metres, I think. And um, now they've worn out. You can see, you look at the quality of it. There's not much life left in that. Can you recycle it? <laughs> Good luck. They don't recycle any of it, including their solar panels, which are littering the world. This whole damn thing's a scam. Do not be intimidated to accepting the premise of pathological liars. If they're saying it, it's a lie. And why they, I mean government. You got any more ideas? Hey, morons, have you gotten one fracking thing right? Let's go to somebody who is absolutely not qualified to do anything to uh, let us know. You know, we um, in the Department of Homeland Security, I issued a memo very early on that we would not use the term illegal alien. Uh, when speaking of these individuals, we would we use the term non-citizen. Hey, you could call him a pickle for all I care, but we got about 40 million pickles and you won't do anything about it. And some of those pickles have fentanyl. <gasps> How dare you? Bad hombres. Trish in her car. Hi, I'm, I'm off topic, but I'm so exasper exasperated at everything going on. I'm looking for solutions. What is the difference or what public square versus freedom square is it the same kind of, you know, deal or. Which one I don't know anything about Public Square. I have to be quite frank with you. I only know about Freedom Square. I, I, I would be commenting on something that I have not checked out Public Square, but I have checked out Freedom Square. I mean, that's the best way for me to answer it, right? You know, I mean, 
I'd like to do a little research before I comment. This week, it just um, opened up on the New York Stock Exchange. This company is just... Well, there's the difference. One of them is uh, is public. The other one isn't. Okay. I mean, I'm just, right, I'm, well, I'm just saying, you know, I don't know technically what the difference is. I do, you know, I would look into it, but I do know what Freedom Square is. It's created by guys like us who feel the way we do and are putting up a fight against censorship. And listen, if, if Public Square does that, great. But you have to often be worried about once it does go public, it has to be scrutinized by the slave masters in order to go uh-huh. public. Right. So it has to conform. It has to fit into all of not just the regulations that used to be legal regulations. Now you have all kinds of illegal regulations. So you have to put on all kinds of office tramps like our very own Kamala Harris for all kinds of categories, none of which meaning qualified. So that would make me skeptical. But, you know, that's just me. I like to think a little bit. Thank you very much. though, Trish, I hope I helped you. Mitchell displains. Hey, uh, Sean, I don't understand something. Maybe you can clear this up. Why isn't Sloppy Sloppy Joe Biden, why aren't they invoking the 25th Amendment? This guy can't pass a cop. Mitchell, Mitchell, you hear hear Cream Puff Jim call the show, right? Democrat, ask his the the, the Irish Mafia for decades. There's nothing he can do. Everyone knows what you know. He's a crook. Everybody knows what you know. He's riddled with dementia, and he's clearly soiled himself. It doesn't matter to the Democrats. They just want a capo in the mafia. 312-642-5600. When you hear it explain that the ice caps have waned, that's outgoing. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. At AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know what I was thinking about there, McBeth? Too bad Tony Bennett wasn't a senator. He'd have been around another 30, 40, 50 years. It's a shame. He was too young. Chuck Dullivan. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Wonderful. How are you? How's the beard? I'm, I'm great. Everything's good. Hey, uh, they uh, got the Jason Aldean the same week that they got all the controversy. He's going to be over here at the Country Thunder tomorrow night. He's the headliner, number one. Really? Oh, that's very exciting. It's going to be exciting. How's it been on the weekends? Have you been able to get a hamburger and a hot dog, or have the Pritzkers been beating you to the meat? Yeah, well, you know, I'm pretty much out of business with all that. But the Pritzkers, uh, uh, I did hear again, once again, another whale sighting. They thought he was out on the beach there by Chuck swinging over in Fontana. Yeah. They tried to push him back in the lake there. They thought he was a beached whale. Does he let the kids jump in his belly button like a little jacuzzi? Listen, Chuck, in the meantime, you know what's funny is his, their whole family owns real estate in Florida. The whole freaking family. They're on the East Coast. They're on the West Coast. And the uh, the vice president, who hates Florida and likes to lie about a lot of the policies, she was in Florida, and she could only get about 60 people in a room. That doesn't seem good. Well, when you realize who she's talking about and who she's talking to, you understand why. There's not that many stupid people that live there. Extremists here in Florida. Pass a law, don't say gay. Trying to instill fear. See, this is the way it's categorized by liars. Now, the only way this $2 tramp could get away with saying it about a policy that's completely inaccurate is because she's incentivized to do so by the media. And there was another congressional testimony today by a young girl who I particularly really enjoyed. 
Her name is Morris EJ. However, the stories were not based on hacked materials, nor were they Russian disinformation. And despite those claims appearing to come out of thin air at the time, we would eventually learn that they actually didn't come out of thin air at all. On October 19th, five days after the Post began publishing, Politico ran a story headline, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former Intel officials say. God, I can't even say that with a straight face, you know? (laughs) By the way, that's going to be the response in the future. What she represents is the future interpretation of the entire Biden administration. The entire thing will be a laughing stock. We just have to wait to get there. Because... Everyone knows that Kamala Harris is misinterpreting exactly what Florida's law is. What Florida's law is, and it's not titled Don't Say Gay, it has nowhere to say that. It states that teachers cannot talk about their sexual activity, their sexual preference to grade school kids. This is something that used to be obvious. This is something that just a generation ago would never have been thought. But then again, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden would never have been thought. Joe Biden had been laughed off the stage in the late late 80s for being a liar and a crook. Now he's paired with this dimwit, and she gets to come and miscategorize the truth, which is really the theme of the modern-day Democrat. They do not have, I want you to think of one policy that they have. They do not have one mission statement that has ever come to fruition. Everything they do is a lie and a money grab. So when she talks about this with the contempt for Florida, what my dream is, Every Democrat voter in Florida will get the hell out and go to a Democrat utopia. Pick one. They're all wonderful. And I understand the real estate's a lot less expensive because they're broke. In our teachers that they should not live their full life and love who they love. No one says that, Kamala. Like, for instance, you loved a lot of people. Oh, you did. From Willie Brown to the talk show host here in, uh, in Chicago, Montel Williams. To that unlucky pigeon you got now, who who obviously doesn't mind the taste of urinal cake. In the meantime, what you have here is another lie by another dimwit who pretends to be the North Star. We are imperfect. And we must be honest about that to understand then our history, where we've been, and then have a North Star in terms of where we must go. Do me a favor, go and take all the Democrats with you, because this is the new plot that I think should be our agenda, because I'm not going to pretend that we're going to get another election and this time it won't be cheated. Not at all. What I'm going to say to you is the people that like these policies should go to these areas and the other ones that don't should go to the other areas. I think I've had enough of pretending you're legitimate. And by the way, the Republicans like Adam Kinzinger and the swindlers in government that just voted that the people don't have the right to see the way the government spends money on just something like, where exactly do these politicians fly every weekend? Welcome back. Time for the Hot Topic Buzz. Nine House Republicans joining more than 200 Democrats to vote against an amendment that would have required Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to disclose where he travels on taxpayer money. See, this started out with Pete Buttigieg. However, if it would have passed, that would have meant every one of these bureaucrats, every one of these department heads, They didn't get to fly around like it was their private jet. Just think about Christopher Wray, who takes the FBI private plane to go visit his wife in the Adirondacks. 
Uh, Todd, three Democrats voted in favor of uh, this amendment. Your thoughts? This could be one of two things, right? It could be an error in a vote like Representative Balderson acknowledged, thought he meant to vote one way, ended up voting the other way. But in reality, I think it could be option two. Do those other Republican representatives have something to hide themselves? Maybe it's not something to hide. It's something to aspire for. That's why the Adam Kinzinger's out there and the step-and-fetch Republicans that follow old lady face Mitt Romney. They're not looking to disrupt the corruption in the bureaucracies. They're looking to wield its power and take advantage of that power and fly around like they're actually businessmen or successful people instead of what they are. Who are the day and lipstick on the pig that is our government? There was a hearing that I don't think you're going to hear a lot about, but I picked up on it. And it's not just because it's about it. Uh, topic that I find a little interesting in the avoidance of the topic by our government, but it was taken by Republicans. One of my favorite is Luna. I love her to death. And um, she's trying to get to the bottom of what Air Force pilots have been tipping off politicians to investigate. And that is what they call UFO sightings. But it doesn't mean aliens per se. It's unidentified flying planes and all different kinds of things that they're experiencing while they're in the air. And I want you to hear how the Pentagon treated the people who give them their budget. In essence, me and you. I'd like to thank Chairman Comer and uh, Speaker McCarthy who have allowed us to do this. Yes, sir. Just anybody. My my question starts with you. Tell us, walk us through what has happened. You say you tried to get information from the military. Yeah, we were. And and, and if others have other, you know, give us very specific things, what the inquiry was, what they responded, how you went back, and, and, and therefore what your thesis is and what they're trying to cover up. Okay, well, and what Representative Luna and I experienced was um, uh, our colleague Matt Gates was contacted by some folks that said that some people would like to talk about some information, some things they'd seen, and we we contacted the Air Force and we flew, we were told we were going to be briefed on this issue, the UFO, UAP, I like UFO, and um, we got down there, and it was the ch- traditional skiff, James Bond stuff. You leave your phone, your Fitbit. We go in, and the synopsis had nothing to do. It was some pretty, pretty big, important stuff, but it was not to, anything to do with the UFO. And we stopped the thing rightfully right in the middle of it and said, hey, this is not what you all told us we were coming down here for. And they basically told us, we're not going to give it to you. The, the pe- arrogance of this general was beyond belief. Pe- so who's the boss? The general? Or the representative of the people? Who exactly is the boss? And this is maybe we should ask for some answers of the trillion dollars the Pentagon gets every year, the six trillion it's lost in 20 years, and more importantly, every dollar that's going into this bureaucracy of tyranny. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560. The answer. See Dennis Prager at Cigar Night on Thursday, August 24th at Klein Creek Golf Club in Winfield. Tickets on sale now at 560theanswer.com slash cigar. And he better have my cigars or you're going to see him with a wrinkled shirt. In the meantime, I'm livid about what the government spends. You see, they're liars. They really spend about $9 trillion a year. 
They cook the books. They make a phony fiscal year so they could spend so much money that we can't even keep track of it. But I want you to understand something. When we're talking about these numbers, people get numb to the numbers. I, I hate being lectured to by bust-out Democrats. Never put together $25,000 in their life. They're going to talk about spending a trillion dollars, these fracking idiots. If I give you a dollar a second, do you know how many years it takes for me to give you $1 trillion? It was my understanding that there would be no math. You were wrong. 31,700 31, years. 31,710 years. That's how much a trillion... One trillion is. Look at what we're doing here. And this bureaucracy that doesn't want to talk to Congress people who are elected specifically to watch the fracking money. You don't want to answer questions? See, I can do math too. Here's Donald Rumsfeld the day before an airplane hit the Pentagon budget office. We are, as they say, uh, tangled in our anchor chain. Our financial systems are decades old. According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. And the next day, September 11th, did you, did you happen to look for it? Nah, you went ahead and lost another $2.7 trillion that you just revealed two years ago. So now there's $6 trillion missing from the Pentagon. So when a representative walks in that con artist entity, how about some answers? Nagon, this is Department of the Air Force. It was the commanding... Oh, yeah, of course. It was the commanding uh, general of Eglin Air Force Base. And ultimately, even before we got down there, the Pentagon actually tried to cancel the field hearing. And also, it's important to note that these were whistleblowers. These were pilots that had come forward to Representative Gates's office with information saying this needs to be investigated. We have an increase in sightings in this region. And it's a cause for concern for national security reasons. We don't know what it is. So we went down there. We were stonewalled. They would not give us access to testimony from some of the pilots. They were hiding images and information. We were told there was pictures available, which we still haven't seen. It's time to fire everybody. Fire everybody. And then rehire only good people who understand what their job is and who they answer to. Me. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. What do you do when the country loses faith? In institutions, in particular, institutions that are supposed to represent the integrity of our law. That's how countries collapse. It's that serious to me. My next guest is the author of a book that wrote, talks about this, but it's not only a book, and he's not just the author. He has 33 years of investigative and management experience as an FBI special agent. His book, The Fall of the FBI... How a once great agency became a threat to democracy. That's not an understatement. I mean, that it could really collapse. I mean, I have no faith in, in the FBI. None. Turns out only 4% of Republicans do, 17% of Democrats. I think that's the definition of failure. Am I right, Tom Baker? Well, sadly, I think you are. Uh, it's, it's a threat to our nation. It's a threat to the Bill of Rights. 
But on a personal level, I'm just heart sick about it. You know, Tom, when I watch that, that, that it's it's embarrassing. It's it, it's a joke. Christopher Ray, the upper echelon of the FBI. It's truly a joke. Now, you'll have to forgive me. I have an IQ over 60. I can read and reason. Luckily for the government, it appears half of our country cannot because you have to be an absolute moron to not see the corruption in this bureaucracy. Well, um, you you just referenced Ray. Uh, As you know, he testified last week. And there were certain things that are clear and now beyond dispute. One is the censorship uh, that's well documented by the uh, Twitter files, revelations, and and other things. And uh, he equivocated on that and pretty much sort of denied it when, in effect, there is censorship when the FBI is asking these platforms to moderate or monitor the speech of American citizens. Uh, Granted, the government's not doing that, but they're having the private corporation do it, and that is just as much a threat to our First Amendment. Now, how do we get in a position where, you know, they buy a certain grace with people. They keep they keep the useful idiots called the citizens calm because we pretend that politicians appoint bureaucrats. But when you look at Christopher Ray's history, Christopher Ray, like every other political animal, navigated his way up through the ranks. And these very scallywags that have had attributed to the destruction of the confidence of the American people in the FBI, these were his mentors. When you when you talk about Comer or Comey and uh, and Mueller, these were his mentors. So really, what you have here, it's like a neighborhood police department. You've got the upper echelon and you've got the wannabes, and they run and get coffee and they hang around with the with the upper echelon. And as the upper echelon retires, you bring up the guys who brought coffee. So it's like every other job. You work your way up through the system by being a party to it rather than being a rogue agent or somebody that wants to reestablish integrity in it. I think the idea that he's hid behind the fact he's a Republican, that doesn't hold any weight with me anymore. And neither does the Republican Party writ large after what we've lived through the last three and a half years. Well, uh, my book focuses specifically on the FBI, and there is so much else in our society, as you do every day, that we could talk about. But the problem with the FBI is a change in culture, and the culture has to be recaptured. And the, the change in culture began under Bob Mueller, and it was exacerbated by the poor leadership of James Comey. And for my money, they're the real devils in this story. You know, it's an interesting approach that we're seeing as people are to think that Donald Trump is corrupt and therefore deserve the uh, uh, persecution, not prosecution, persecution he received from the election year until today. But yet this very agency has sat on the prima facie evidence for three and a half years. That very agency was in existence while Joe Biden was building that culture of corruption and the crime family that he is clearly the head of, Biden Crime Family, Inc. But more importantly, how did they not know it? How did the FBI not know that Joe Biden was an asset of the Chinese Communist Party, was an asset of oligarchs in the former Soviet Union? How could they be so clueless? It's almost as if they wanted to avoid the information. Well, as as you said a moment ago, a lot of people are closing their eyes to, to things. Uh, Durham, John Durham, a special counsel, uh, released his report. uh, It's a month ago now, and it documents very clearly uh, 
the fact that there was no reason, no justification, no predicate, no probable cause, choose whatever term you want to use, for initiating the Russian collusion investigation and, and the consequential investigation of Donald Trump and his presidential campaign. Yet we're still, even though it's right there in black and white, and, and by the way, it validates and vindicates most of the stuff I said in my book, uh, which is no satisfaction because our country really is threatened. Yeah. But nonetheless, these hearings that we witness on TV, uh, the House Judiciary Committee particularly, the Democrats, they are all closing their eyes to it. And it's a goddamn shame because ultimately, when you have the agencies of government behaving like this, they're potentially as much of a threat to the people on the left as the people on the right. But they just don't seem to see it. No. And what's sad, Tom, is that um, I believe that there are, you know, it's it, the FBI is an organization like every other organization. A third are great. A third are mediocre and a third are terrible. The problem I have, it appears that the terrible aspect is the only one in control. I have on my board, Tom. Now, granted, I was a fan of Basil Rathbone and I love the old Sherlock movies. But I have on my board a clue as to exactly what has been happening with Joe Biden specifically. The corruption of enemies foreign. Let's forget about domestic and pretend we think that, that it's normal to have the corruption that Joe Biden represents domestically. When you have payments of the kind of money we're talking about, hundreds of millions, when you have phony investment groups set up, Rosemont Seneca Fall, when you have, or Rosemont Seneca, excuse me, when you have money that traces to the communists, when you have money that traces to oligarchs in a country that everybody knows, every FBI agent knows that Ukraine is the most corrupt country in the world. How does this not get investigated? It's uh, it's baffling. It's, it's absolutely baffling. And at the present moment, uh, there's a lot that cannot be denied. Um, the the uh, I mean, we, we talk about this informant report. Uh, I'll use that old term that's been made public uh, concerning a five million dollar payment. But beyond that. We have the Suspicious Activity Reports, SARS, S-A-R-S, which the financial institutions have filed, many financial institutions, Americans and, uh, and international financial institutions, uh, because they do business in the United States, they're obliged to file these reports too. And over 100 instances of the suspicious activity of the money moving through a variety of uh, just nominee accounts, paper accounts, to ultimately wind up in in the pockets of a half dozen people in the Biden family. And that that instance, at this point, the last number I heard amounts to about $17 million. It may be more. Now, anybody, anybody who looks at that has to come to the conclusion there's something wrong here. But yet there are still uh, the House Democrats on the Justice uh, Judiciary Committee are still trying to ignore it. It's absolutely unbelievable. So the only conclusion a reasonable person can come to is that the way you work your way up the upper echelon of the FBI is by being in on it, because this is undeniable, undeniable. I, uh, George Soros, I've got a, I, I've got a tape that I, I just want you to hear for a minute. I know it's unusual, but we're friends, so you're going to give me a little side, ex- uh, side grace here. Because this clip, I think every FBI agent should have said, what exactly is he talking about? 
set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. Um, and the foundation has been uh, functioning ever since. There is one person who was very deeply involved in Ukraine, uh, and, and that's Biden. Now, that's George Soros' own voice. George Soros is in a, in a, uh, a talk, and he is discussing how he and his other oligarchs set up a foundation before the collapse in the Soviet Union, and there was one politician that was very involved in Ukraine. And you know the scandal of Ukraine since the fall of the Soviet Union. We now know that he bragged openly, Joe Biden in his own words, about the American foreign policy of a billion dollars to underwrite loans that I don't know how that works out to be the people's problem, but ever, he held it back until he got a prosecutor fired. This is something that's been in the news for five years, six years. Isn't it something that the world, or the America, America in general, should be outraged, even Democrats? I think the reason they get away with it, Tom, is because Democrats, in particular in Democrat neighborhoods like mine, they kind of know it's a scam, and, they're, and they simply want to profit from it. I'm curious to know how this sells in the FBI. You were involved in the education of these guys who wanted to be agents and Quantico and the rest of it. Is there no integrity in these institutions? Well, uh, sadly, a whole society, there's problems in this that go out to the whole society. But let me, let me just indulge you, and, and, or if you'll indulge me. Yes. Over the past... Uh, four or five months now in uh, in promoting my book. I've done a lot of book signings and a lot of book talks in Barnes and & Noble and civil, similar venues. And what has really surprised me, it's been validation, but it's also shocking, is that I have people come up to me who I don't know, who identify themselves as current FBI employees, identify themselves as agents who either resigned or retired within the past six months or a year, and I've had spouses come up to me and identify themselves as a spouse of a current FBI agent. And they all say to me, Tom, it's worse than you think. It's even worse than you say. That I find shocking. I mean, and it, the, it's, the, it's sad. It validates what I said in the book. But boy, is it disappointing. And you know, the sad part is, Tom, is that the vast majority of people, Americans, we want the the lockstep FBI agent, the, the, the average FBI agent, to come out and say something. And here we have had, to my count, six, who, who, who they call themselves whistleblowers, and they're openly attacked by the entity itself. So what are the people to do now when the entity has become more powerful than the good people that work for it in the FBI and the public that wants it to purge itself of this corruption? I mean, politically, how do we do this when they have this system of corruption? And and the reality is, we really can't do anything. And we couldn't do anything when they broke the rules of the FISA court. We couldn't do anything when they selectively uh, uh, persecute their political opposition. What do we do at this point, in your opinion? Well, what has to be done, and I repeatedly say this, is the culture of the FBI has to be reformed. And of course, to be able to do that, what's going to happen now, and hopefully it'll happen in the in about a year and a half, that we'll have a new president and the president will appoint a new director and a new attorney general. But it has to go well beyond that. They have to be resolved and committed to reforming the culture, not just rooting out a few bad apples, but reforming the culture. 
So a lot of it has to be done internally by the FBI once they get a new director and a new attorney general. But there is a role for Congress. Uh, Congress can reform the FISA Act. That's a specific thing that Congress can do. The FISA Act, uh, that's the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, yeah. Created in 1978 to surveil foreign agents in this country to ga- gather intelligence. It was never meant to be used against Americans. But once again, it's another one of these things. Since September 11th, it's been amended and changed and amended again. And now it's commonly used. I mean, I'm talking a thousand instances a year to surveil Americans. And all yes. this is done in secrecy. It effectively suspends the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution, your right to be secure in your home and your papers against unreasonable searches and seizures. That is a reform that Congress can and should make. The FBI isn't something that is ingrained in our Constitution. The FBI is a bureaucracy. It was created by what they say is a, is a necessity, but the reality is it's created by Washington people. It is still possible to operate the country as it was before the founding of the FBI without an FBI. Should people start demanding the end of the FBI and that that funding stop? Well, a lot of people are saying that. Frankly, I don't think that's realistic. Uh, I think there is a need for the FBI, particularly as a law enforcement organization, a swear to tell the truth law enforcement organization uh, that operates as we once did strictly within the guide rails, the guidelines of the Constitution. That's the cultural reform I'm talking about. But now, since September 11th, we have a a cadre of people, totally different than special agents, these intelligence analysts. They're not guided by the Constitution. They're very freewheeling thinkers. You know, they speculate about anything. And and so we have this phenomenon that came out um, about three or four months ago now, where a couple of these intelligence analysts came up with what is just frankly a crackpot idea to investigate Catholics who prefer uh, to worship using Latin. I mean, that is so crazy, but only people who are not guided by the Constitution could come up with that, because if you're guided by the Constitution the way special agents were, you know you just don't touch that. That's a key part of the First Amendment, the freedom of religion. You know what else is shocking? As you're talking, I I pull up the FBI and I'm looking at the mission statement. I know you know it, but the audience doesn't. The FBI is to protect and defend the United States against terrorist and foreign intelligence threats, comma, to uphold and enforce criminal laws of the United States and to provide leadership and criminal justice service to the federal, state, municipal, and international agencies. I don't think they've achieved one. Not one in particular over the last four years, but you could argue over like you did, and accurately so, since September 11th. How much more failure do we have to have before there is a complete and total revamping of the upper echelon of the FBI? Well, you're going to get the revamping if we get a a new or different Republican president elected. But it, it goes beyond the upper echelon, and it goes beyond a few bad apples. I know I sound like a broken record, but the culture has to change. To do that, the fundamental aspect of the mission has to change. It has to be seen and see itself as a law enforcement organization that, yes, has a counterintelligence mission and, yes, has responsibility for counterintelligence investigations in this country, but being primarily 
the mindset of a law enforcement organization. And, yeah. and that's key. And that's what's been lost. Tom Baker, I love having you on. I love the fact you wrote the book. I love the fact that you represent when bureaucracies had integrity and had people who understood what the word means. I'm curious, though, uh, before I let you go, one last thing. I do not believe Joe Biden won a legitimate election. I just don't. I've come to my own conclusion. I was doing election coverage that night. I never saw in the history where we shut down the count for four hours and we turned a blind eye to very suspicious activity. In the case of for people like me, and there are tens of millions of people like me, should we get excited about the next election? Well, every uh, well, I think every that's that's our alternative in a democracy is to participate in the elections. Uh, unfortunately, in this country, sometimes people put themselves forward for elections and everybody dismisses them. And and uh, I've actually encouraged people to run for public office. Uh, where I live now and where I used to live in the United States, I think people have to participate. Yeah. It's, it's our hope. I wish there were more people like you at the FBI. I would feel much better about a lot of things that the government says is, is going smoothly. In the meantime, the book, The Fall of the FBI, How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. He is Tom Baker. He is what uh, we used to take for granted, integrity in government. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you, Sean. Thank you very much, and thank you for all the good you do. I appreciate that. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Look at my guy stepping it up on Friday. I'll tell you. Squirrel's job is secure, but you're not a bad fill-in. Stop eating everything. I'm too fat. Doug in the South Loop. Hi, Sean. Um, I wanted to uh, challenge something you said uh, during your conversation with the guest, something the guest said as well. Yes. Um, but when I'm about your age, and when we graduated college, you had to be pretty much a conservative guy if you wanted to join the FBI. It was, you know, you were, you were all for law and order. And I think that reflected what the institution was, and that's why it appealed to guys like you or me if we were going to become agents. Uh, that has not been true for at least 20 years, 25 years maybe. And all those guys that were like that are retired. And for the last 20 years, it's suddenly saying, hey, if you want to kick ass as a political left winger, you can do that at the FBI. And so I don't, what you said during the interview was you said, well, you referred to the average FBI yeah. agent implying that he's not maybe not such a bad guy. And I, I really I don't know how you can get that information. I think maybe it's going well, the other way. Well, Doug, I, I do it because I do think I don't know what the average age of the FBI agents are. I agree. By the way. I agree with you if you talk about the average employee of the government that's under 40. I agree with you. In order to work for the government, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals has, uh, has taken effect, and they've infiltrated the bureaucracies of our government, both locally and nationally. So I agree with that. But I, I, I'm also thinking you and I are still working. I'll bet you that the average age of the FBI is probably older than most other bureaucracies. And I'm thinking that the the honest guy, I have a friend of mine, I'll tell you another thing. I have a friend of mine down in Florida who's a retired DEA agent, and he's our age. And he never really got ahead because he never kissed the ass of the of the leftist. So he was an agent for well, 30 years, and I think there's a lot of those. So those are who I'm talking to. And then don't forget, I'm talking to Tom Baker, who is the well, same principles you and I have. Actually, yeah, but you made a good point there when you said he never got ahead because he didn't uh, kiss the ass of those principles. 
um, Tom Baker says, you know, if we get a new president and a new FBI director, that there can be this massive cultural reform. And again, I'm very skeptical of that. Think about, uh, let's let's take like Harvard University. If we get, they got a new president and then let's say a new provost and he was conservative. Do we really think that could reform Harvard University? Not that the FBI is that far away. That's why I ended with my last question. You got to remember Tom Baker is a grandfather. He's fighting for these kids, his grandkids who are five and seven and eight. So Tom Baker is going to be far more optimistic than the reality of what we're living through. You and I have a different perspective. We know we were cheated in the last election. We're pretty confident it'll happen in the next election. So I have a little disagreement, but I want him to be right. Even though I think he's wrong, I want him to be right. Right? That's all I got. Thank you, babe. I appreciate you for listening. That cl- I really do. Thank you so much. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Don't miss Cigar Night with Dennis Prager, Dan Prof, and Sean Thompson on Thursday, August 24th. Get your tickets today at 560theanswer.com slash cigar. All but the true profiteers of policy corruption are even entertaining the thought that this government is legitimate. It isn't. It's an unmitigated failure. Those people who thought themselves Kennedy Democrats are witnessing that as RFK is RFK Jr. is attacked openly by the mobsters. So I want you to understand what's happening is that Americans are really paying the cost, not just because of the economic swindle of feudalism, but the NIH has the fentanyl overdoses at about 106,000, 107,000 Americans. The real number is probably closer to 140,000 Americans. And some of those, most of those, a lot of those are people who thought themselves Democrat supporters, clearly. Clearly supporting the, the, the last Democrat, Iraqi likes big butts and he cannot lie. His infrastructure is what's running this country. It isn't Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a feeble fascist and just the next in line to be the mafia don. So when Democrats who are not profiteering from policy hear the infrastructure of corruption, Mayorkas downplay fentanyl deaths. Some have used the border um, as a cudgel um, and conflated migration and the trafficking of fentanyl because 90%, over 90% of the fentanyl comes in through ports of entry. Did that make sense to you? So in other words, that's what you're in charge of, right, stupid? And 90% comes in through the ports of entry, and that would be your problem. So people are going to pay the cost. They're going to start seeing this, and they will reject what we see. The problem we have afoot is that they stole the last election. What's to prevent them from stealing this one? And the idea that you're going to get involved, I have to tell you, I openly reject that idea because I am not going to get involved in a rigged game. I'm not going to get excited about an election when I know the last one was stolen. Stolen! And to play into the hand of the swindler, of the mafia, I think is exactly what they want us to do. Kevin in Austin, Texas doesn't mind. You're all in. Hey, Sean, I don't know if I'm all in on this. Don't, you know what? I don't expect you to get involved. I don't want you to get involved. I want you to encourage people to. So I'm going to go back to your question 
Wouldn't that start? make me a, um, a like a political okay. swindler where I say something I don't believe? I can't do that, brother. I'm sorry. No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't expect you to get involved. But here's the thing: you asked Tom Baker a couple of questions at the end. You asked Tom Baker how much failure. The Democrats need to fail at the ballot box because genuine citizens succeed, and they succeed because by becoming elected. So let's have a conversation like we would normally have. You want that to happen. You hope it happens. What if I'm right and you're wrong, and the ballot box is rigged? At least you go down trying. You don't abandon the field. You don't abandon the field. You got man, good man. people like Jeannie Ives that are. I know about a thousand bookies right now that wish to God you were playing through them. I really do, because they'd be owning your house, driving your car. I, I'm not going to make a bet on it. Why would I? I want it to happen, though. No, I'm just saying that's the mindset of somebody who constantly gambles on a rigged game. That's the mindset. Sure, yeah, yeah it can't be a rigged game, but it's, you know what? You don't abandon the field. You got good people like Jeannie Ives that are trying to do it. There are a lot of other good people out there. I would love it if. Was it Tom from Blue Island went to a precinct chair? It doesn't take that long. It takes about three, four hours a month to do it. You mm-hmm. just go to the meetings, and then you get to see on the ground how corrupt the system is. Well, here's what I have to say. Here's, here's all I'm The only difference you and I have is to do that in a mafia state, one that elects some fat pig that's on 17 you know hours of FBI tape. That, to I me, is it. an act of futility. One where the upper echelon of the... Republican Party controls the marijuana distribution in the video game mafia. Yeah, I don't like those. I don't uh, like those guys either. Yeah. I don't like the establishment Republicans in Illinois. You got a better I chance like, of hiring their meathead, short in the pants brothers and bribing them yeah, so that their brother able steps to do down. That because they control the Republican yeah. Party. I think that was the Dirk in retirement speech. Thank you very much, Kevin. Jim in Crown Point. Hey, Sean, you've covered a lot of terrors today. Uh, well, I might die yeah. tomorrow. People are dropping dead unexplained. I want to get it all in, baby. I want to make a dent. Yeah. Well, I get that, but you didn't take the shot, so you got that going for you. It's true. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, Alabama just gave us the two-seat swing to the Democrats this week, so Ooh. Louisiana and Florida will come next. Uh, Indiana is uh, looking at legalizing marijuana next year. So, Jim, I think Florida, I think, I'm going to tell you something. I mean it. A friend of mine was is involved in all of that nonsense of politics in on the east coast of Florida, and that's where I told you very few people are buying this shtick. And you know, when you look at uh, DeSantis's win in Florida, it's unprecedented, man. There has never been a victory by that big of a margin. So my point is, as opposed to Kevin, is I want all the good people to go to good areas and shore it up. Because in Florida, Absolutely. the teachers can't talk to the children about their sexual proclivities. It's not allowed. And the the government, here's the beauty well. is, the government doesn't spend the money enriching those swindlers that write the pornography books pretending to be ed- sex educating. So they don't buy the books. You know, how, you know how the Democrats always say book banning? That's not true. You can get those books if you want to get them in certain areas, but the school system doesn't make the authors rich the way they did Barack Obama because nobody bought his his uh, autobiography except schools and institutions that were money laundering to the Democrat Party. So it, they can mischaracterize it, but in Florida, they're laughed at. And what I'm hoping is all of the scallywags in Florida follow Kamala Harris back to the utopian status, like uh, all the areas where the people are walking around like zombies from the fentanyl that uh, Mayorkas claims that is not the fault of, of the border policy. Craig and Mount Greenwood. 
Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime. Were you in the so bathroom? Glad. You better not be in the bathroom calling me. I don't want one of those interviews like Danny K. Davis where I hear the flush at the end of it, you sicko. No, no, but I got a brand new phone, and uh, I walked out of T-Mobile. The first, the very first phone call I made was your station. Oh, nice. First person I talked to was Bunny, nice. and you're the second. Oh, wonderful. Well, the phone should work in perpetuity now. Go ahead. All right. Okay, I just want to go over something that I mentioned at one time. Uh, I think it might have been last week or something. But okay, we're yeah, talking let's talk about, about what you talked about a week ago. What are you, Rain Man? Yeah. Focus on what we're talking no, about no, now. No. Yeah, definitely I'm a good so driver. You, go ahead. I'm so happy you take and keep this subject out there with regard to the corruption of these three-letter agencies. Okay, I want to, for people to know, Secret Service. The secret's out. There's no more secret about the Secret Service. Their service is to serve the fascist Biden insurrectionists. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They all double-team. They're all covering each Easy, other. Easy, don't say double-team with the Secret Service. You know how many sex scandal, underage hooker, prostitution problems they got? Don't be saying double-team. Kamala Harris will pop up. Go ahead. Okay, these these rats, they all they do is cover up. Now, they know who is, uh, um, what's that called when they redact? They redacted those, all <laughs> those, redacting. they have all that evidence. Yeah, what's that? Uh, it's called redacting ah, when they redact. Oh, take an- all right, you've given me a headache. Thank you very much. Uh, good luck on your new phone. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Uh, Well, we got an update on the Tupac investigation. Trump will be indicted Thursday for the assassination of Tupac. I think he was in Vegas there. I was actually in Vegas for when, when Tupac got shot. Wrong. No, I was. And I was there for when, I can't remember, is that the same weekend Tyson bit off Holyfield's ear? I'm not sure. I was there for both of those. But to watch the turmoil, it was uh, it was shocking. It was shocking. I was going to go to the Tyson fight, but my friend lost all his money and we had to sell our tickets. That's kind of a good Vegas story. And uh, going along with that, Steve Wynn has a settlement where he can no longer own or operate a hotel. Doesn't he have one named the Wynn? I believe he does. What does that look like? Oh, boy. In the meantime, we've got an update. More persecution, political persecution, disguised as law. It's interesting because for the longest time, I felt that I would be giddy about this moment. And it's not. Oh, you know what this is? This is the Young Turks. Now, that's a show I've never watched. And they have some guy in there who looks like he shoes horses with his face. I can't remember his name. But he's got a new girl on there. And um, I believe she is officially on Viagra Slayer team. But she's going to lecture us on how sad it is. How happy and sad and demoralized and excited. This is what you get on the Young Turks. It's interesting because for the longest time, I felt that I would be giddy about this moment. And it's not that I'm not. I'm happy that he's going to be held accountable as anyone should. I don't care if you're in a position of power or not. See, for a minute, I thought she was talking about Biden. I I wish I could tell you her name, but I don't care about her name, and you shouldn't either. But this is a show on the mainstream media that has more viewers than a lot of Fox shows. Well, Fox sucks now. That's why. But it's it's interesting because while the right wing seems to celebrate anything that hurts uh, the lives of their political opponents, but has... You know what this is called? Opposite day. It's opposite day. 
nothing to do with materially improving their lives like they don't care they love it they're so celebratory about that stuff but at at the end of the day this is just someone who very likely committed a serious crime being held to account i told you he's gonna get indicted for tupac's assassination doesn't make my life better but at least at least it shows that there's some justice when it comes to people in positions of power you know i think you've got a better case of tying trump to tupac's assassination after all He's been in, what, 32 rappers have talked about Donald Trump in their rap music. He's a big supporter. He hung around with Russell Simmons. I think I've solved the case. Donald Trump shot Tupac. It's about as legitimate as all the other indictments he's facing. We'll be back after this. Oh, my God. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me. He is the director of fiscal and economic research with the Illinois Policy Institute. He's been known to cry in public places. He is Bryce Hill. Bryce, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? You didn't buy. Did you buy? Did you not listen to me? Did you buy real estate in this bankrupt state? (laughs) I have not. Oh, good thing. You listen, listen, kid. When a guy who does what I do gives you advice for free, you take it. Because I've known forever, there is no such thing as a mystical, magical unicorn money tree. And this is not a pension system here in America or in Illinois. What you have is an agreement of employment. And if you are loyal to the Democrat mafia, they kick you out regardless of return on investment. And that is called a pension problem, is it not? Yeah, and we have the worst one uh, in the nation, according to the most recent report from the Equitable Institute, who is a, a nonprofit dedicated solely to studying pensions and retire- public pensions and retirement systems. $211 billion Ooh. worth of state and local pension debt. Um, and that's using the government figures. Um, Moody's Independent Ratings Agencies put that figure for the state alone at, at far higher, over in excess of $300 billion. Um, and to put that in perspective, uh, that's uh, an equivalent amount to about 21% of GDP, by far the highest debt-to-GDP ratio of any public pension system in the nation. We also have the lowest funding ratio. So not only do we have the, the lowest capacity to pay, uh, the pension system's the likeliest to default in the nation. So I'm going to put you on the spot, kid. And I'm going to give you a little bit of why I've always been perturbed with the pension system, not just because it's based on a lie, but the money bundlers, as I refer to them, or the fund managers for the pension system, they charge an exorbitant amount of money. Yet, do we ever have the actual return on investment as meager as it may be? Do they ever release their performance? data you see because to me bryce this is a part of the problem that gets swept under the rug you see you're paying these scallywags four times what honest money managers make and what they do is they donate a tremendous amount of money to the democrat party 
and mafia. And they don't really have to ever produce anything because the Illinois citizens underwrite the obligation. So they have no skin in the game. There's no reason why they would produce. It's kind of like a system of corruption. So is there any information on exactly what the ratio or the rate of return is on the money that the is managed by the hedge fund that handles the pension money? Yeah, absolutely. There is. Um, so last year alone, uh, three retirement systems lost in excess of 6% of their investment. Um, another two. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Now, listen, there's old people listening. I just want to be clear. The market was wonderful. I keep hearing how wonderful the market is. Happy days are here again. And you're telling me that the people who invest the retirement money for the pension recipients in Chicago, they lost 6%? Lost 6% and three of the five statewide systems lost another 1% and two. And to put that number into to dollar terms, um, that was $787 million lost in, in investment returns collectively. Since we created the funding ramp in fiscal year 1996, um, investment returns have added an additional $12.3 billion to the unfunded liability. That is investments coming in below what they project them to be. So that would explain, uh, what's his name, Jarrett uh, Bernstein. That bust out lost $1.5 billion of Harvard's money, and yet he's the number three economic advisor in the, go- in, in the government. So how do you keep your job if you lose money? We're talking serious money. And uh, how many Illinoisans know that little interesting tidbit that you just revealed here on my show? And how many Illinoisans know that the reason their taxes go up is because win or lose, we the people, not me anymore because I was smart enough to move, the people of Illinois have to cover that loss and the obligation. I don't think enough people know that. Um... They don't know certainly about the investment returns, I don't think. I think a growing number of people know about the, the, the pension system and how it's rigged against taxpayers. Huh. Um, but the outlook isn't great moving forward either. So pension funds only have, uh, I say only, but they're pretty high considering their past performance. They assume 65 to 7% returns. <laughs> Horizon Capital uh, has forecasted future market returns, what they, what they expect for capital markets to return for pension funds over the next decade. They give us a 40% chance of being able to return 6.5% annually. They give us a 35% chance of being able to return 7%. So we're not even going to cover those assumptions, which have been drastically lowered from what they were in the past when they were assuming 8-plus percent annualized returns. Um, And that's only one small portion of this mess. So let's do something that only 2% of Chicago public school students could do. Let's do a little math. It looks like they lost 6%, but yet they were supposed to return 6.5%. So that's a 12.5% cost to the Illinoisan on just last year. Yep. That's not good. And uh, I can't help but notice I saw a manatee, a beach ball. Somebody called governor here in Illinois. Talk about how Illinois was balanced. How could it possibly be balanced, Bryce? Well, the short answer is it's not. Uh, The longer answer is that state statute in Illinois allows for the current cost being accumulated in the pension system to not be counted as expenses. Uh, So the only expenses that must count are the 
contributions that the state has determined it's going to pay pursuant to its pension funding ramp, which is for over $4.1 billion short of what actuaries say is required to meet that uh, funding obligation. So we're in the red by $4 billion all, right off the bat just because we're shortchanging uh, pensions, even if all the other assumptions pan out. That's if investments yeah. were going to hit those targets. That's if so, assumptions about life expectancy meet. We're, we're still $4 billion short. So the only way Illinois gets even is if Putin invades Illinois, correct? Well, they get even... Uh, in the long term <laughs> from taxpayers, uh, I think you and I know that the taxpayers or the alternative, uh, which is the real solution, is going to be constitutional pension reform or uh, the pension systems ultimately going bankrupt. Now, how do we separate the fails of Illinois and the fails of Chicago? And are they separated or are they all included I think a large portion of them are are overlapping. So obviously, a huge number of um, the local pension problems are are related to Chicago. But an interesting thing is when you separate out – so when you look at statewide statewide systems, which exclude many of the Chicago employees, they're among the worst in the nation. Three of the ten worst-funded pension plans in the nation – are in Illinois and the statewide systems, the teachers, judges, and state employees. They all have funding ratios ranging from 41 to 43%. Uh, But when you look at local systems, of all the major local systems in the nation, eight of the 10 worst are in Chicago, including the bottom five. And the, the firefighters pensions, the worst funded one with fewer than 20 cents on the dollar, uh, for every pension promise that's made. So I'm cursed with the ability to think and reason. And in Illinois, it doesn't go well. When you see uh, the, the politicians pretend to be magnanimous and usurp powers they don't have and uh, arbitrarily increase the pay of everybody, they're not really doing that for the people. They're doing that because they need a bigger cut of everybody's income. And they're trying to solve some shortcomings. And you look at what's happening in the city of Chicago and you see 6 million square feet vacant. You see the highest commercial default rate in the city since 2009. It explains why the lady uh, in on CBS News uh, a couple days ago was hit with an $80,000 water bill as the Chicago city of Chicago is trying to sell things they never possessed in the first place. I mean, is there any thought to how this is going to look? When you have a new mayor, even though dressed like the old mayor, promising to expand and double the size of government? Yeah, I, I don't think that it, the prospects look great. The The new mayor, <laughs> Johnson, he has uh, pledged to not touch property taxes. Um, but uh, just meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Um, instead, close allies of him have floated the idea of a municipal income tax a financial transactions tax, a high-end real estate transfer tax, uh, increasing taxes on tourism for hotels or entertainment districts, uh, basically anywhere uh, anywhere you can think of have, have been alternatives to that. Um, oh, and by the way, the Chicago public school system just decided to raise their property tax levy by the maximum amount, 5%, uh, for this coming school year. Uh, so that promise... Uh, even though not 100% within Johnson's control, was already broken because Chicago Public School is one of the largest taxing bodies, the largest taxing body 
in the city is raising property taxes. So when I look on the news and I see these portly uh, people pretending to be nurses, I enjoy the fact that SEIU color is purple and everyone looks like there's 400 people trying out for the new Barney role. But when you realize that these nurses are also asking for massive increases, are they too included in the pension problems of Illinois or is that somehow private? Do the people of Illinois, are they strapped with the pensions of the SEIU nurses that are now asking for more money? What? How does it look for the future? Is there any change in trajectory that you see or is it just everybody pile on? Yeah, um, SEIU does participate in uh public pensions, or at least most employees are going to uh, be participating in in, um, Illinois or depending on where they are at, a local pension system. So they're definitely contributing to that. We have a new AFSCME contract in the works. The the largest state county municipal employee uh, union in the state uh, is being negotiated right now. That's going to be uh, a massive cost driver. They're projecting 20% raises across the next four years. Um, so all of these things are part of those contributing factors to growing pension debt because we have a defined benefits uh, system. So the benefits and the bills are determined based on salaries and things earned today, not not based on market returns or investment performance or the ability of the state or taxpayers to pay for them. So every time there's a new contract, you get paid more today as a public employee, but you're also going to see a massive, massive increase in your future pension uh, because you have this compounding effect of every single year in retirement, you're going to be collecting more and more because of that decision in the past. You know, the Illinois median income, the Illinois median income is not nearly as impressive as it should be. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out, do they not understand that the people that have an income that they're trying to tax are aware of the problems they have and are moving out? And as you watch the stagnant real estate prices statewide and the collapsing commercial real estate price, I'm just shocked at the absolute denial of reality. And I'm wondering, how long do you think they can keep this going as national REITs Hedge funds are avoiding any investment that holds Illinois real estate. What is their game? I mean, are, is there even any admission to the failed policies here? Uh, I think at the the highest levels of leadership, there's not much admission because those those people, those individuals, have the most to lose. I think it's no no secret right now that Governor Pritzker has his eyes on higher office outside of Illinois, uh, so he needs to do the best he can to say Illinois. Is, in great fiscal standing, and anytime you hear him speak publicly about it, that's the message you're getting. Privately and at lower levels, lawmakers, uh, committee members uh, in the state house, this is a very real conversation that's happening of like, what do we need to do to shore up the pension system? So people are aware of it. It's just what timeline are you working on? Are you working on a short timeline like Governor Pritzker, who's going to be out of here? in a few years and trying to achieve higher office or are you a state lawmaker or a local politician who's trying to make a career for yourself hanging around? Um, so I think it varies. And, um, as you mentioned, people are leaving, uh, every single age and income bracket has left Illinois in the past year. Uh, we're, we're losing on average about $11 billion a year in annual income due to out migration. 
the highest earners, the people who are most likely to be the targets for future tax hikes are leaving the fastest, uh, but it's still people from every income bracket. So the tax base is drying up, commercial real estate's drying up, uh, and sooner or later the rubber hits the road and we have some serious decisions to make. You know, I, uh, I, I always look at your website. I love IllinoisPolicy.org. And I saw something that is, is kind of eye-opening or, or, or optimistic, and it appears that people who would normally participate in these, in these corrupt uh, labor extortion mafias known as unions, in particular the teachers' union, it seems that members are, are not really running to join the teachers' union, that the teachers that, that would be their normal members are starting to see the scandal, the lie, and the fraud in the teachers' union here in Illinois is that the part to be optimistic about? I think that that is a, a definitely a bright spot. People are being made aware of their constitutional right to join or not to join uh, a public sector union to where an increasing share, almost you know, the overwhelming majority of dollars are not used on representation. They're used on political activity. Uh, 17,000 people alone in 2022 uh, opted out of union membership uh, and public union membership in Illinois. So um, that is a bright spot. I think that's a, a cog or that's being removed from the political machine uh, in Illinois. There's a long way to go to to keep informing people of the issues with the pension system, the issue with public sector unions in the state. Um, but I think we're making progress. You know, as you're talking and we're going over the numbers, there is not a private investment advisor. There is not a private uh, advisor on any level to money in particular that could get a license from the SEC that would not go to jail for what Illinois is doing, which is openly and knowingly misrepresenting their assets and their return. Is there some sort of law that the normal people have to abide by that could maybe affect these corrupt hedge funds that charge these pension funds that charge the people of Illinois four times the fee to manage the money. To me, I think this is an area that needs attention. Is there any, any way we can make the government money bundlers abide by the rules of the honest money advisors? I think that that is a $211 billion question. Ah, that's my most expensive question ever. You are one of my favorite get guests ever, and the entity you work for, one of the most important, Illinois Policy Institute, can be found at IllinoisPolicy.org. Bryce Hill, I love you for making time for me. Thank you very much. Don't you dare buy real estate. I'll kick you in the knee. All right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Thank you very much. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I've got a cousin who I love to death. And uh, by the way, it's his mother's birthday. So happy birthday to my Auntie Joanne, who is... There's beautiful, and then there was there's my Auntie Joanne. I mean, you want to talk about stunning. The complete opposite of 98% of all Democrat women in Illinois. However, it's her birthday, right? Um, and he's a retired fireman. And he always, you know, ah, take it easy. You see, this isn't about the, the individuals. This is about a freaking scam. 
using firemen, using policemen, using individuals to perpetrate a scam that anybody else would go to jail for. You predicated this scam based on a return that no private money manager could ever do. In fact, it's illegal. The first thing you have to do in the private money management world when you're meeting somebody, let's say Tom Fortino, the first thing he has to do is say past performance is no guarantee of future return. It's the first sentence. Otherwise, you go to jail. But this entire system is built on the fraud of a 6.5% return, and they're losing 6%. That means all of us, even the individual fight, you are going to pay, and they're going to come up with creative entities, creative ways of extortion to fill the, the gap. And when they can't, the people who loan them the money through bonds, they make four times the return that they should because they're lending money to government that can never default because it has the power of taxation. The whole fracking thing's a scam. That's why all these corrupt bastards make sure that Democrats get in because they know they're either stupid or in on it. That's how you destroy a city, a state, a county, and any a nation, really. Jack Garfield Ridge. Hello. Hey, Sean. How are you? Good, Jack. How are you? Fine, fine. I'm a retired fireman. I worked in the busiest firehouses for 33 years. I feel I've earned every penny of my pension. And, you know, my t- I pay property taxes. Every one of my family does also. I pay, I pay them too. In Crane's business in 1986, we were the lowest funded pension in the country. And we still are, yet they got millions and millions and millions to give away to a guaranteed income program, this yeah. program, for people who don't work. Jack, don't first money, of all, let and me I t- get blamed and I earn my money. Let me tell you something. I'm never blaming you. I don't blame I the man, the fireman. Never. I blame the institution that lied to not just you, but to all of us. Because what they're trying so to do, I. what they're trying to do is pit me against you. And it's within that argument that they steal from both of us. They stole from you. They lied to you. They made you a promise they knew was a lie that they couldn't keep. And now they're trying to hide behind the virtue shield. Because what they're aware of... Go ahead. I had to deal with my neighbors, you know, looking at me sideways because the politicians say my pension's unsustainable. I can't do anything about it. Jack, let me explain something to you, brother. You don't give a rip what what people think, especially when they're too stupid to have the have the argument intelligently. You're not the perpetrator. You're the victim. The perpetrator are these oligarchs that know it's a fracking scam from the money bundlers to the guys in Illinois that are supposed to know better and watch them who are in on it because they get a kickback called a contribution. You're a victim in the same way I am. Thank you very much, Jack. It's not about pitting firemen against us. It's about a system of corruption and lies enriching the oligarchs like Pritzker, a fat slob. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I am so blessed to be old. Really wonderful. I caught the country at the best time. I caught the people at the best time. And it's funny, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of my Auntie Joanne. And I, when I used to get arrested, she was the one that bailed me out. I was too afraid to call my mother. She told my uncle I'd catch a shellacking. Uh, so I probably owe her about 900 Greg Rogers Park. 
Hey, Sean, first of all, I just want to thank you again for all the hard work you've done and the great shows you've put on the last few years. Brother, I wish I felt worthy of that. This is not work for me. This is I love this. I love to investigate these corrupt, rotten swindlers who think that they're selling people. They're selling morons. The rest of the people know it's a scam. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I just read an article. I was doing some of my research on Illinois. You know, Alexei Julianos and Pritzker's sister yeah, ran the same bank, bank to the ground, and, and, and Julianos well, two different uh, lost money in a college fund when he was uh, when he was whatever he was in. The state of he Illinois. was in charge he of the kids' fund. The kids' fund. No, he's, he, well, he's a moron on top of it. But he, but he, but he glistens. He shines like Liberace when he walks into a room. So the, the Democrat morons will vote for that Liberace. And uh, that's why he's Silky G instead of Alexi Janulius. But he's a swindler, too. And by the way, the bank, the brother's still a big shot in banking. I wonder if any of that pension money is managed or in those banks. Boy, that would be interesting. If only we had these investigators. They don't have to be the Federal Bureau of Investigators. How about just... Uh, like a, a, an investigative reporter. How about you, Chuck Gowdy, with your Amish lady hips? Why don't you pull your head out of your ass and do something? Uh, Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Very good. How are you? Where are you this weekend? Here uh, in Chicago? I'm or getting Florida? the hell out of here immediately, uh, as soon as possible. Go ahead. So you're, so you're happy, huh? I am. I am happy. Very excited. Okay. Thank you. What I wanted to say is... Uh, and if there's a, if there's a delay, I'm going to run from O'Hare. I'll jog there. Go ahead. Did you uh, happen to see that video that CNN played about uh, that uh, special prosecutor? Uh, Jack Smith? Come, Jack Smith coming out of uh, the subway yeah. with a sandwich, and they made a comment that that was a warning to Donald Trump that he's not going nowhere. Yeah. Please, you know what I'm excited about? I think we're the same age. And although I I played football at St. Joe's, I believe he played at Notre Dame or Joliet Catholic. I can't remember where he played. But I was back then, you wouldn't know it, but I used to play football. I was into that stuff. And I was a middle linebacker. I'm only hoping he's the one I left on the field like a twisted pretzel. Because in the meantime, he ain't scaring anybody. And what CNN should be playing is how his unattractive wife was a producer on the Michelle Obama Netflix special. Maybe they could tie it all together and figure out that the Department of Justice is as crooked as Grand Avenue. Johnny, 24th. Hi, Sean. How are you? Good, Johnny. How are you? Uh, I'm good, brother. You make me laugh so much sometimes. But huh. I'm just uh, calling to tell you, I was a kid. My uncle used to take me over to the auto parts store. Oh, uh, by my Lake mother, Street, by my grandfather, by Tommy and uh, TJ and uh, yeah. my mother, Donna. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was one of his favorite places to go. And then he, you know, run across the street to the igloo. Oh, uh, the igloo was the best. But my mother, they would make coffee, they give it away. You know, I, I, I used to love to just come down there. The people would sit there from the neighborhood and they would talk and it was great. And I'll tell you what, it was like going to school. And you remember uh, Royal Pipe across the street? Absolutely. So Harry Roth. There. Harry Roth used to own Royal Pipe, and he had a son, Miles, and every morning they'd have coffee, and that's how I learned about the stock market, is that Harry Roth used to have, back then, the Wall Street Journal. You remember in the 70s, who had the Wall Street Journal? And he would sit there, and he would talk to me about money. One of the, one, he's very influential in the way I think. I love that son of a gun. Holocaust survivor, came here with nothing. And did nothing but work his whole life to give money to his family. It's really something to see. And, you know, he paid 50, 60, 70% taxes, Harry Roth. 
and he had no idea that his money was being stolen by people that hated him. So uh, it's interesting, and I appreciate the call, Johnny. You made me think of my whole family. Thank you very much, brother. Ah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Mark in Oak Lawn. Sean, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? Hey, I'll tell you, what a way to end the week talking to you. Oh. You're on fire. You're on fire today, man. Oh, you're, they keep you're, giving me the, they keep giving me the layups. I'll keep taking it. Believe me, I'll make the shot. I believe it. I didn't know you played middle linebacker though. That's uh, that's Zing. I was I was uh, I, I depressed all the guys that cuz Gene Pingator signed me to to Gene give me he gave me, wow. gave me a scholarship yeah. to play football because I am the same size today that I was as a freshman. They thought I was going to be 6 foot 4 and never grow an inch. Very disappointed. You fooled them. Yeah, I fooled them. But I laid out some people in the meantime. A lot of fun. Yeah. Hey, good question for you. I was looking. I'm, I'm not. I'm just starting to get into some of these uh, sites, you know, where they give you information. And a friend of mine was telling me about the Epic Times. And oh. I see real estate. Real estate is down in, in the Midwest 33% last month. And, and uh, around the country, it's only down a, a marginal amount. But I'm thinking... Why is it that way in the Midwest? And my other question to you is, you know, I'm getting ready to retire. And you know what? I worked all my life and, and I'm, I'm tired of these swindlers, you know, trying to get a hold of your pension money. Any suggestions on where to put, uh, uh, you know, it, listen, you know, you're, you're, I yeah. don't I'm not going to tell you that I think the Dow Jones is strong or that we're not in a, in a recession. What you have is a corrupted market. When one company, one company that is backed by the federal government by the name of BlackRock, owns 5% of 95% of the S&P 500. That means they own 5% of over 400 companies. They're a voting block, and they're, they're delivering an ideological spin to companies, and they're guaranteed and have control of trillions of dollars of the federal government's money. The system, for me, is corrupted. So what I do is manage money on the, on the way that Harry Roth taught me and my grandfather taught me on things that I know I can reasonably predict and manage. So I do real estate in very select areas, and I wouldn't touch a piece of dirt in a Democrat sewer. And the reason that it's down 33% is because they broke the covenant with the property owner. People in Illinois do not pay taxes on the value of their property. They pay taxes on the liability of their government. And that's the worst kind of property to own. So you are tethered to this scam. So to me, I I think you should sell everything in in these Democrat areas and go to a well-run, desired area that pays taxes on the ad valorem system of the value of land. Which is why when you look at a $1 million piece of property in South Florida, $1 million, the taxes that they pay are probably cheaper than a $400,000 house in Illinois. No question about it. So to me, that's the way you do it. You use your head and you prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I can never listen to the uh, presidential song after watching this dimwit and I know it is after watching this dimwit and diapers get lost on stage and destroy the respect of my nation. But one thing we have to do, and I'm not going to play any of these 
individual morphodites, these Democrats. I mean, from this idiot. These are the same extremists. Shut up, tramp, or this other buffoon. You know, we um, in the Department of Homeland Security, I you are a failure, and you're lucky we're not Japanese. You'd be Harry carrying yourself. In the meantime, we have to have the information and the knowledge to realize the scams that are being perpetrated on us. This eco-Nazism, this, this boondoggle of the fat slob El Gore and the rest of these cohorts of corruption, they've profited immensely from this, right? And part of the reason is they pretend that they have the answer, and the answer is the windmills, and they're killing Ridiculous amounts of, of wildlife. Ridiculous. The whales, and, the, and now they're going to put it in the ocean and the rest of it. But we need to have the facts on our side. You see, the technology isn't there from their phony electric vehicles and the slave mines that their, their minerals come from to the nonsense of solar. Solar is, is a lie. Why do you think there is no push for doing uh, more recycling of these materials? Cost to recycle is uh, generally upwards of you know thirty dollars a panel. I think in many instances they think of it as something akin to copper cabling or aluminum cans, where it's something that just easily recycled. Aluminum you can take, you can shred, you can crush, you can heat up, you can smelt, and you can form a raw block of aluminum, and it can go right back into reuse. And there's enough value in that material that you could take it. To little to no cost. A solar panel, as I mentioned, can cost upwards of $30 a panel to dismantle, to sever, to shred, to mill, to undergo secondary chemical or thermal processing, to separate out, you know, the metal. It's worth $3. The whole fracking thing is a money laundering scheme. Do not be afraid to let them know you know their failures and their cheats and their liars. They're counting on your politeness. Don't be polite. In the meantime, be strong. Remember, we're going to win in the end. Cue the music. Can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars
Have a safe weekend. Stay away from Democrats. I'll be back on Monday if you're in Chicago. Keep your head on a swivel. Stay away from Toyotas, Hondas, Kias. They're stealing them. We'll be back. I have to go home. 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 Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.